Welcome team. So I've been doing a couple of uh, episodes where I'm I'm basically talking to a microphone and picturing that you are on the other side of this table and I'm trying to engage in a conversation that may, may make a difference um, off the back of some, uh, not questions, but topics that have been sent in to me on Instagram. So on the Instagram page of get the edge underscore with underscore Hayden Knowles you can follow that and send through any questions it's it's not a page that posts a lot of things um, it's a fairly new page uh, or you could catch me on my personal page at Hayden Knowles or one word or at Twitter at Hayden Knowles so uh, any topics you may want to discuss that would be uh, always great feedback and if I don't want to discuss it personally and I want to get a guest on I'll do my very best for you so anyway the topic that is of interest today comes from Pat Lane Pat Lane is a strength coach at the Sydney Roosters a very successful club and a club that I've worked at personally before so I can say firsthand what a great organization they are and Pat Lane's Instagram, by the way, if you want to follow him, is at pjlane92. So he sent through a topic of developing trademarks. Now, for the listeners that aren't aware of that type of um, lingo, is trademarking is a thing that a lot of teams do where they basically try to come up, come up with some values that they want their team to live by. And it's quite common and, I mean, you see it in businesses as well, organisations, you see it in schools, you see it in, in elite sporting teams. Now, what you if you went to visit a lot of these places, you'd usually see a whole heap of words around the walls of the gym walls or the office walls. And, and to be honest... Sometimes I've I've visited many many places around the world, many sporting sporting organisations. Normally, where I see all these words, and to be honest, sometimes I think it's too much, or sometimes I think I, I'm not sure that you guys live this. Like, or if you go to a real successful place and you see a word on the wall, but then you can actually feel that that's when you know you're in a good place. And usually you feel that through the evidence you see, the observations you see of how people are behaving and getting about their business. And yeah, I, I, but on the flip side of that, I've, I've walked into places where I've seen all these words and I, I look around and I don't see actions that reflect that. I don't see people being in, an, in alignment with that. So yeah, for this topic, Paddy, um, for the listeners, I'm, I'm going to keep it really simple. And I, I'm just going to come up with one word and use that as an example of trying to describe, well, what does that look like? Coming up with a, words are fine, but what does that look like for your organisation? So I can't actually tell you what to do now because it needs to be authentic within you and within your organization so uh, one last thing i can advise if you're going to look more into this and going to go down the exercise of coming up with trademarks i can only encourage you to to put
put time in. You have to invest time. It's not something you can have a 10-minute meeting and just come up with some words. You, you need to put time in. It needs to be to be real. And I know Pat, who sent this question in, if he's ever done this exercise at the Roosters, which I'm sure he's sat in when his staff have done these exercises with their players and their leadership, he would understand that you put time in. So, But anyway, Paddy, thanks for the, the topic to discuss. I am, I am going to go straight with one word, and that word is respect. Now, I'm going to tell some stories around this that, again, sometimes storytelling is the way that you do your best learning. I've learned some of my best learnings over story times with different people, different leaders, different coaches, either over a lunch or a beer or a dinner or just spending time with or a coffee or, you know, I used to have some of the best learnings walking, walking and talking with uh, some great coaches and I have some great memories of that. So I'm going to tell some stories and, and I'm, it's going to be a big name drop to start with and it's actually 10 years to this day that some of these lessons or observations I had around Usain Bolt. I had a little uh, uh, photo memory pop up from 10 years ago and it's today. So which has reminded me to record this and and go with uh, the word respect. So I'm going to go with a couple of stories around Usain Bolt, and then I'm also going to tell a few stories around Brad Fittler. Okay, Um, there'd be many, many people I could talk about with the word respect. Um, Many coaches, many athletes, many people I work with even to this day. But I'm going to use those two just to tell some stories around well what does it look like okay so when I grew up my my parents would teach me as they've probably taught you your parents would have taught you well to earn respect you have to give it okay so now let's relate that to sport if you're in a sporting organization now or or your business or or whatever it is to earn respect you have to give it so I've been fortunate enough to witness the greatest athlete of all time, at work. Now, the 10-year memory I'm talking about is more of a commercial side. I saw him work, but I've also been privileged to see him at work on the track. I've had some time where I went to Jamaica a couple of times. I've seen, I've been in his camp. Well, to be honest, I was more interested in observing his coaches and his assistant coaches and his team operate. But, of course... um, seeing him himself the greatest athlete of all time in my opinion by the way you may you may have a different opinion but for me if you can win the most prestigious event in in the olympic games at three consecutive olympic games and not only that but do the 100 and the 200 double is i don't think well in my time i don't think we'll ever see anything like that again uh, and, you know, of course, we all support other sports as well. So, you know, names like Muhammad Ali and he's up there with that. Anyway, you'll have your own opinion on who the greatest of all time is. But, you know, for me, there's guys like Usain Bolt, Muhammad Ali, Kobe Bryant, those types, Michael Jordan. Um, Usain's up there. So I'm, I'm sure no one's going to argue that. But I can only tell stories about him of what I've observed personally. So... 
again, just if you ever have to just for a minute try and comprehend how good he was, um, if you're a sport fan of any sport, I'm sure you're grateful that you've witnessed that. So what I want to say is he gave respect and he would get respect back in many, many ways from all corners of the globe, worldwide. Now, he would, he would give respect to his sport. Let's just talk about that part. He, he gave respect to his sport. And how, how did he do that? What does it look like? That's the thing about this trademarking topic that I want to go with. How, how do you give respect? To your sport. Well, first of all, he he gave respect to his sport by working hard. If you ever listen to any of his interviews, or in fact, there's a song that was developed. You'll find it on YouTube that had some of his quotes, and a DJ turned it into a song. and And the words are, "I need to work harder." I need to go faster. Faster than lightning. I need to go faster. To go faster, I need to work harder. I need to keep driving, keep driving to the fish. You'd always hear him say, I need to work harder. So he respected the sport by working hard. And I had the pleasure of watching him train and spend some time in his base in Kingston, where I'm telling you, these are not just words he used in an interview. The way he worked was harder than... Most people f- look at him and think he's a natural and it's genetic. and what it, But I'm, I'm telling you that he worked hard. He was in an environment where people pushed each other and it was just part of what they do was work hard. And he worked harder than anybody else. And I think that you could relate that to respecting the sport. It's a sport where you need to be so finely tuned. If you disrespect it by taking shortcuts, it could be the difference. It could be that split-second difference. So you respect it by working hard. And now how did that sport pay him back? Well, it paid him back with world records. It paid him back with three Olympic golds in two different events, plus his relays. It paid him... It paid him back in a lot of Olympic gold medals. It paid him back with multiple world titles. History that are beyond imagination. His his sport will forever respect him as the greatest of all time. But his own individual moments that he, he will remember and he experienced, his sport paid him back. So he gave respect and he gave it back. He respects his country and his country's tradition in the sport. I loved, I love talking to a lot of Jamaicans where all they ever do is pay credit to the athletes before them or the coaches before them. I believe it's really powerful, but I believe it's a show of respect and that country respects him back. I, honestly, I've seen him, I've, I've watched him with young kids and I've seen him respect every young person that he is in their company but also even when they're not sometimes you could feel he knows he's doing something to inspire somebody else so he might not see the the respect or the love that these kids have back to him but I'm sure he knows that millions around the world are trying to copy him 
or trying to be like him or they're running with smiles on their faces just because he does. He respects the crowds. He respects the fans. He he gave his time and he genuine, genuinely seemed like he was enjoying that time. He was an entertainer. I had one of his coaching staff tell me they described him as the Michael Jackson of the track. He entertained and he, and he engaged with people more than any other people in world sport. And he respected his fans by giving them memories too and gives them some fun and then they love him back tenfold and it, it just it, it moves into his sponsorship. It moves into he gives respects to his sponsors by giving them more value than any other athlete ever would in, in a creative way, in an authentic way. But also there was obviously some a great team behind him that helped do that and he worked as a team with his commercial partners but he did it in a way where he respected them and they respect him back. He had sponsors named drink bottles after him. <laughs> you know, he he there was him and Tiger Woods with their own faces on a on a Gatorade bolt drink, you know, like like he his partners worked with him in a creative way, but there was this respect between the two that was quite evident. Uh he respected his country. I said that before, but Seriously, like if you think about Jamaica, you think Bob Marley or you think Usain Bolt. Uh, Bob Marley put Jamaica on the map, Usain Bolt puts Jamaica on the map worldwide. He crosses all genres. It's not just track and field. He, it, it's, he did that in a way by showing love for his country and his country love him back in the same way they love Bob Marley back. I think he set standards... Obviously, athletically, he set standards, but commercially, he set standards. Now, I've kind of gone where I was able to observe him train, but I've also, this commercial stuff, it's it's real. I had him in Australia in 2010, where my company was part of putting on um, a couple of events, and we put on an event uh, in partnership with him and his his manager, a good friend of mine, Norman Pert, where he had some obligations to some sponsors, but we also had an event going here where we were promoting some Australian athletes where he helped us do that. Now, he he set the stadium alight. He put bums on seats. He entertained. He gave his time. He gave respect to other athletes. We had superstars from all sports there. We, we hosted the... Australia's fastest footballer. We um, that was a cross code challenge between AFL, rugby league, soccer, and rugby union. We had big names there: Jared Hayne, Greg Inglis. We had celebrities running celebrity events alongside Bolt. That I mean, Melinda Gainsford, who's run an Olympic final herself, says that running against Bolt in a simple chariot uh, celebrity race was one of the best moments of her life on the track. So. Um, you know, people, we had test, Australian test cricketers, we had former rugby league legends, current legends, we had Australian Olympians, and then we had this young crop of athletes that we were trying to promote and, and, and help develop. But Usain joined, he didn't just turn up as an, as an appearance, he, he joined what our mission was, which was to respect past athletes, recognise current, but inspire future ones. And he, he he was part of the whole mission of the event 
as well as ticking off some commercial agreements that he had. The following night is the one that blew me away where we, we had a, a charity dinner, which was an opportunity for a night with Usain, but it also had 13 other world champions from different sports, um, the Pertec World Champions Charity Ball. Now, this event uh, obviously was doing some great things for some charities, but also just for, for me and, and this topic that we're talking about and and if there's any athletes out there or even teachers or even player agents managers mentors parents the way Usain handled this function this dinner there's a lot of athletes that are required to go to many of these functions I've never seen anybody do it like this now the night went well it was very entertaining some great entertainers there um, Guy Sebastian was singing, Alan Jones was MC, who who generously gave his time and, and in fact bought Usain Bolt's running spike for $32,000 as a donation to a charity. So Alan Jones was incredible with the, what the time he gave and the respect he gave for the event and I'll always respect him back tenfold for what he did on that night. But back to Usain Bolt and the effect he had on the room and just going with this topic was it just blew me away at the end of the night he says he was about to go home and he said to me Hayden is there anything else you would like me to do and I said no mate you've done plenty um it's been fantastic thanks so much he said no no what I mean is the people here they they paid to see me right and I said, well, yeah, mate, there's some on this table paid $2,000 a seat to sit here. And there's some in the room who paid $250 a seat on all those tables. And he said, well, get up, grab the microphone and just tell them I'm coming to every table. I want to come and meet every person. So basically, get your cameras ready. So uh, you, I took him to every single table in the room. He met every person shook every hand, had group photos because it was getting, it was taking too long, but he had many individual photos. He he met everyone in the room with genuine respect and enthusiasm and with a smile on his face that he may not remember them, but they will remember him forever. They'll still be telling stories about it. They would have bought every book of his, watched every race of his, they would have followed everything he does on social media they've probably engaged with the sponsors that Usain then promotes it just would snowball that they met him they know him he gave his time to them they would give that respect back tenfold it's 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 pretty simple but it was authentic to him and I think he's the benchmark so again how does respect look how does it look at training how does it look towards your coaching staff? How does it look towards your opponents? How does respect look towards the fans? How does it look towards the media? How does it, how how does it look for you? I've tried to I've tried to use Usain as an example because I think he's the benchmark on the track and off the track. But now I'm going to go to a a really good friend of mine and and another one who represents this word possibly in the best way. Now, Brad Fittler, he's also on an episode I've done here before, and he's the, one of the most listened to episode. well, the most listened to episode I've done. And 
Brad Fittler, who most people know now as as the head coach of the New South Wales State of Origin team, but also a lot of you know him as as a player where he captained his club, he captained his state, and he captained his country to many, many victories, to premierships, to championships, to World Cups, to Origin Series wins. Now, now if we want to go with respect, how has the game paid him back? Well, the game paid him back with all of those things I just mentioned, with memories that he'll have forever and memories that he'll live for other people to have for it's he's in he'll go down in the history of the game but he respected the game and the game paid him back and he respected the game by training hard he never ever ever took shortcuts shortcuts will bite you on the ass shortcuts is a way you can disrespect your sport and it will come back to bite you and he respected the game also, not just at training, training hard, but within a game, valuing the things that matter the most and respecting the game for how tough it is and how tough the competition is and how tough you need to play to be at your best and what was required to be the best. So he would... The other stuff, the clutch plays, the fancy plays, the big moments, that stuff was, was in him, without a doubt. And that you could you could trace that back to his childhood and and his junior years. But if if you ever watched him within a single game you could see that he actually respects it by how tough it is as well, by his first actions, his first impressions were evidence of this all the time. The the little things that matter the most to him and he values, and I know he now values in his coaching, um, it was just, you could always see that he respected the game. And 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 now, post-career, in his coaching, he, he respects the art of coaching and he respects what's involved. And that seems to be paying him back. He's He's now had two years as an Origin Series coach at the date that I'm recording this. Um, the episode that I recorded with him that you listened to was a couple of years before the Origin Coaching. Now, and you'll know if you go back and listen to that, he was on a path then. I was privileged to work with him for about ten years in a period where I know, behind the scenes, I know how much he did to work towards getting to a point where he is now, where some people may see him coming to the Origin Arena as a rookie coach. I see him as someone who's respected the art of coaching for 10 years, investing time into developing himself and his philosophies and where he he wanted to take that team when he eventually got that job. So he respected that and the game has a funny way of paying him back and he's just won his first two Origin Series in the biggest sporting event in our country. Uh, for you guys that are listening from overseas that don't follow, just just look up the the 2018 or 2019 State of Origin series, and and you'll feel how big that game is here. So, uh, but basically the message is he respected 
the values and the and the the fundamentals to a team's success he values more than than you would even think he he values fundamentals that will still be fundamentals in another hundred years. He respects the history of the event and the team and the game and and all the former players and coaches and they love him back. The game is respecting him back. The game has a funny way of paying back this respect that I talk about. But it definitely pays him back by holding that trophy up with his captain and and sharing in priceless memories that are there forever and and I'm and personally I'm very privileged to have those memories forever and have been a part of it with him but I I just I'm I'm telling these stories to to try to say like you you can't just turn up and be a, a great origin coach you have to respect the art of coaching and getting there and what's involved and I'm telling you now he's done that more than anyone will ever know but just trust me, we're trying to break this trademarking thing down to one word. He lives it and he gets it back tenfold. He, Let's go back to when he was a player or even now as a coach. He he respects the fans and, the, and everything he does is to give to them. And they pay that back tenfold. They love him everywhere. If I go for a walk with him, we'll be having a little walk and talk during an origin camp and the amount of times we get stopped and, oh, excuse me, could you take a photo of me and Freddie? And I, I turn into a professional photographer for, for a while or he just gives his time to people. We could be walking the streets of, of Sydney or Melbourne or Brisbane, wherever we are, and he'll say, oh, Hayden, have you got $50 on you? I just And he drops it with a homeless person and then doesn't, like he just does that. He just... It, he just gives he just gives his time gives his time to people and the fans and they give it back he gives his time to the to the media and he knows that giving time to media is giving time to the fans that he knows he wants to show respect to and usually on most occasions media respect and and pay that back as well. The amount of stuff I've seen him do for charity, it'd be millions over the years and donations and time. And like I've been in regular camps with him where the first thing he does when we sit down and plan our training camps is, right, uh, right, show me where we're going to go and feed the homeless, which night, where, where does this fit in the training schedule? And it's usually the first thing he wants to do. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's it's genuine. Um, he he values building relationships. As a player, he did that. You could see that he respected his teammates, and they respected him back. You could see that in any team he led and played with. If you talk to any of his former teammates now, that the way they'll talk about him is with so much love that you can tell they received that from him way back then. Um, the same as he currently does with his own staff and his own players. He he values things about caring and respecting them and they give it back. It's pretty simple. It's a, it's a pretty simple philosophy, this word I'm talking about. To earn it, give it. Give it genuinely. It, you have to show this through actions, evidence. And not just words. 
Respect whatever you are doing by not taking shortcuts. Respect your industry and respect what it actually takes to be the best. So anyway, I'll probably, I've tried to tell a couple of stories there, but how can you help if you're coaching kids or teaching kids? How can you say, like let's say you're now coaching a junior sport team and you just say, respect the game. Now to a young kid, how? How, how can you teach them that? So they can, let's just, I mean, we could name a number of things, but let's just, let's just roll with a couple here. Respect themselves by preparing well for training and games. How, what does that look like? Can you encourage them to eat correctly? Can you encourage them to get good rest? Get good sleep? Is there things you need to do with their routines to help them get good sleep? Do everything they possibly can to give themselves the best opportunity to be prepared. How can you help them do that and and encourage them? By doing that, you're actually respecting themselves and respecting the sport. Encourage them to respect their parents. Be appreciative that their parents at junior sport level are their taxi driver, they're their chef, they're their mentor, they're everything to them, but... Encourage that in the kids is respect that. Respect their coaching staff. Respect being, show that by being enthusiastic, turning up early, be a good listener, be coachable, and be grateful for their time because a lot of the people helping these young people, they're, they're giving their time. A lot of them are volunteers. Respect that. Respect their teammates. This is a big one. If, if, if you could get a child, a young person now to show respect to their teammates by encouraging their teammates, help their teammates, how can they help them? Well, you can support them. How, do, how, can, how does that look in your game or whatever it is you're teaching them? What does support look like? Always encouraging them, how can I help my mate? If you can be drumming this into kids now, then that is respecting their team, respecting their game. And the game will pay them back. Encourage them how to communicate and how to talk and do this positively. And and re- just, just respect their sport with all of that and more. I know you guys that are listening are the types of people that you're into this. You're, you're into coaching and you're into leading and you're into teaching. And you're probably already doing this anyway. But if you had to align that with one word, one word on your wall, it could be respect. Basically, respect everything. So anyway, that'll do for me for, for today. Uh, I want to thank Pat Lane for sending that topic through. And I hope, I hope it has helped someone. Every time we record, whether it's with a guest or at times like this, just talk by myself, is... Every time the record button is pressed is how can this help someone? And if it's helped you, that's fantastic. I would love you to share. I really appreciate the shares um, on social media where it goes out to obviously big numbers, but uh, I feel the best way to share and that I, f- I feel more and I get more feedback 
from is when you've texted it to somebody because when you personally text this episode to somebody, that person knows you've sent it to them because you think it would interest them or help them. Um, so, yeah, if, if you could text this to somebody, that would be fantastic. And I promise that I will do my best to cover all topics that people are sending, either on Twitter or Instagram to me. And I'll maybe try to cover certain topics within chats I'll have with some some guests I bring on. Also, if you have some guests you want me to try to get on, let me know and I will do my best. Thanks for listening and bye for now. I'll be back soon. Thanks. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of GTE with Hayden Knowles. Don't forget to like, subscribe and leave us a five-star review to help grow the team.